I'm going to talk about diet culture and I know it when I see it because that's where my focus is. And I see so many women still stuck and not understanding how to leave diet culture. The very first thing you would have to understand is you are in a cult, diet culture, where we diet every Monday, where we diet every first of the month, where we diet, uh, we begin a new diet every first of the year. That's the goal, lose weight. Uh, The words, I can't have that. Oh, I'm never going to be able to eat that again. It's a love-hate relationship. You believe that this diet is going to save you. You believe that if you lose this unwanted weight, all your dreams will come true. It's very fat-phobic to believe you are your weight. We don't look at anything else. We may be kind. We may be generous. We may be loving. We may love hard and play hard. We may uh, do our job very well. We may have lots of friends. We're very likable. But there's something about diet culture that keeps us from becoming more than that. We've said this a lot, understanding your worth. When your worth comes from your weight and your weight only, that is all you will ever focus on. And while you're focusing on not being good enough because at the weight that you are, I promise you are not giving your time, your energy, and your money to the people that matter, to the people that you love, to the people that you live with. That is taken away bit by bit because you're giving money that you probably don't have to these programs that don't work. Spending extra, no, it's not even extra money, spending money on clothes and shoes and bags. My self-soothing was overeating and overspending. That's how I felt loved when I did that for myself. And that's how I felt when somebody would do it to me. If you fed me or you bought me things, I was like a little lap dog. Because how dare I, being fat, deserve somebody's expression of love when their love language is giving things? Does it make sense? My whole world revolved around being 150 pounds. And I needed to be 150 pounds every single day. I knew how to get down to 150 pounds, but I didn't know how to do it safely. I did not know how to do it effectively. I didn't know how to do it in the long term. I did very dangerous things to myself to hit that 150. And then once I hit that 150, I felt like I'm good enough. And now life can go on. And life did go on. Because the first sign of trouble, 
I went right back to my comfort zone, overeating and overspending. And I did that for decades. It ruined relationships. It's very hard to be intimate with someone when you don't even like looking at yourself, let alone letting somebody else see you. Um, Family. I'll tell you, I ruined Christmas one year, being married to my youngest son's dad. I was going to the conditioning spa and working out, and like I like I normally, every time I went on a diet, had to join a gym. And I, I think I'd been going for about two months, and I was feeling pretty good because you know I was skipping meals and uh, over over exercising and you know all those things to beat myself up because that's what I deserved. And he bought me a five pound box of chocolate, good chocolate. And I was livid. I'm going to tell you, I was in my early thirties. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe between 25 and 30. Yeah. Between 25 and 30. We had just gotten married and I ruined Christmas for everybody because I was so pissed that how dare he buy me chocolate when he knew I was going to the gym and trying to lose weight. I was working at uh, Advanced Energy when it was getting to be Christmas time. And I sent him a text saying, Hey, you remember that Christmas you bought me a five pound box of chocolate and I ruined it? I wanted to say I'm sorry. And he, and he wrote back, LOL, I don't know what brought that up, but uh, sure, you know, <laughs> okay. And I think that was really the beginning of my understanding. And I didn't realize it then that that was diet culture talking. The all or nothing attitude. Because I would swear off certain things And then I would sneak them. I would stop at a fast food restaurant before I got home to eat a meal. I was constantly hiding and sneaking and going out to go eat. And it was never food. Trust me. It was never food. When I was unhappy or sad or mad, I didn't know how to use my words. I would bottle things up. And then I would explode. And then when all was said and done, I would start another diet. And then something would happen. And then I'd be off the diet. And then I'd be overeating again and overspending. And it was a cycle that I did year after year after year after year. And I remember working for a corporation about four or five years ago and seeing, I I got an office job. I did manufacturing for a long time and I got an office job and I saw women my age and older really have their, their stuff together. And it was like, wait a minute, how is this even possible? You're not supposed to be healthy in your mind, in your emotions, with your body. 
Like you should be old and broken and a, and a hot mess. That's what was explained to me. That was the manual that was given to me. Why aren't you like that? And, and hate your partner, right? Because marriage sucks. Marriage is miserable and you're stuck. So all these things that I was told, I saw other people, like a lot of them, that didn't live like that. And I'm like, how is this, how is this possible? This doesn't make any sense. Because all I ever focused on was, how was I going to get thin today? The quickest, easiest way to get me to that 150. And then I took a different approach. And I remember talking to a chocolate chip cookie saying, I'm only going to eat one of you. Not a sleeve. I'm going to eat one of you. Are you listening to me? Sleeve of cookies. You can't make me eat all of you. I'm only going to have one because I'm in charge. And I remember crying. I had potato chips one night after dinner. I ate a couple of potato chips and I was like, you suck at this. You have no self-control. You have no idea what you're doing. And the next day... My boss asked me how my diet was going and I, and I told him that I did a little video that I had some potato chips and how guilty I felt about it. I felt guilty about eating potato chips. And I'm like, something's wrong. Something, something, something kept eating at me that this is not the way life is supposed to be. Even though I was told that's the way it was supposed to be. I... um Something just kept at me and kept at me and kept at me. And so I started studying the difference between food and junk food and and looking up in the dictionary, you know, what does this mean? What does that mean? And, And things just started to come together for me. And just when I thought I had it down, I kept my weight off for for three years. There were bouts in there that I was like, why can't I stop overeating? And it would be like two or three days of just nonstop eating, sometimes a week. And then I would just jump right back on it. And I kept it off for about three years. And then my mother was dying. And you can see in the pictures of when I started gaining the weight back. It was about a year and a half I also started, you know, this corporate job. Like, there was just all these things. And every time I went to go see my mom, um, the last six months, she was just really getting bad. Like, really bad. Now, I was still bike riding. I was still walking. I was still very physical. But um, in order to gain a lot of weight, you have to eat a lot, even though I was moving. And I didn't know it had a name. Binging. Because how come, how come there's days I can have a piece of chocolate, one piece, and be totally good? And then other times, I could eat, you know, three donuts, a candy bar, soda, you know, and, and just not stop. Just, just go and go and go. And I'm like, what is happening? And I started paying attention to how I felt. A year and a half ago when I went on a 16-week challenge to myself. Mom died. 
the pandemic hit. And about a month after I started my challenge, I got fired. I was like, hmm. (laughs) And my partner got laid off. So here's all these tragic events. And I realized, oh, you're an emotional eater, period. Like, there's no way around this. You are the definition of a binge eater. And I didn't want to do it anymore. I heard this voice saying, yeah, you're not, you're not going to overeat and you're not going to overspend. Those days are over. The way you make things 10 times worse, feeling sorry for yourself, doesn't just affect you. And I'm all indignant. How dare you talk to me like that? But deep down, I knew there was nothing but truth in that sentence. When you hurt yourself, you hurt others. It's not just about you. So I kept going. I kept going with the challenge. And 16 weeks, I did not, I did not make it to 150. I was a few pounds short. And I said, you know what? Just keep going. And I did. And then that January 1st of uh, 2021, I hit that very day, January 1st, I hit 150. And I was like, okay, you're going to give yourself a five pound minimum maximum because our bodies ebb and flow. It is impossible and unreasonable to try and stay at 150.0 every single day for the rest of your life. And no, thank you. So I gave myself a five pound range. I said, you can weigh between 150 and 155. That will hold you accountable. That will make you responsible. That will make you think about your choices when it comes to eating. Because when you, when I would get on a binge, it was never, ever anything good for me. I wasn't going to go snack on some lean meats. I wasn't going to go grab an apple. I wasn't going to make myself a salad. Oh, no. It was about sugar, salt, and bad fats. That's what I want. And you can see how that can be a vicious cycle when you don't understand you're in diet culture. When you are loaded with sugar, salt, and bad fats, it makes you not want to do anything. It makes you feel bad about yourself. And when you feel shame, you hide. You may hide behind a smile. You may hide behind jokes, but it's there. And diet culture had her, she sunk her teeth into me from the young age of eight. Eight o'clock, eight, 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 at age eight, I was overweight. And as a child, you really don't, I didn't have choices as a child. Um, you ate what was put in front of you, period. And you clean your plate and you don't ask for any more. I gave you what you're going to eat. My mom would pile it high. But it was, not, um, it was not the best. My parents did the best they could with what they had. I do not blame them. I do feel my mom, because she suffered from obesity, I think she said and did the things she said and did to try to keep us from suffering the same fate of being called names and being made fun of and feeling like less. 
but she did not know how to do it. I know my mom would skip meals. I know my mom would go for walks. Like, like my mom did what she could, but I think there were also other factors of why she could never succeed on learning how to eat and move healthfully. And unfortunately, I have to say my dad was part of that. It makes me sad to say it. I don't like it. I feel like a terrible daughter when I say it. But I think that's what happened. She didn't have that partner that wanted to do things with her or for her um, in a healthy way. So there's that. So understanding that for myself going, I don't want that for my granddaughters. I, I want a different life for them. And in order to do that, I, 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 well, I'm going to go back to my mom for a second. My mom and dad were, you don't do what we do. Okay. You do what we tell you to do. All right. Do as I say, not as I do. That didn't work. <laughs> as much as I think they wanted it to, it doesn't work like that. So when I say be the change, I have to take responsibility and learn the skills and have the tools in order to be emotionally, mentally, and physically well. Not perfect. Not perfect. I thought I wanted to be perfect. It's not possible and it's unreasonable. So a few years ago, I saw Kevin Smith on Twitter. They, were, they had an old interview with him and he said, when he was getting ready to make clerks, he thought, why not me? Why not? Why not me? And I've carried that with me for a long time. And I'm going to meet that man. I've said it once. I've said it twice. I'm saying it again. Someday I'm going to meet my heroes. Someday I'm going to meet my heroes because I'm going to keep moving to get there. And when I say keep moving, what I mean is I'm going to keep reading I'm going to keep exercising. I'm going to keep doing good choices. And also, I'm going to slip and I'm going to fall and I'm going to dust myself off and I'm going to get back up on that horse. Because that's how it's done. The more I learn, the better I get. The more efficient I move, the faster I'm going to get there. It's all math and science, people. Math, science, patterns. Understand your patterns and you'll understand how to get out of diet culture. There's a reason why the experts say have a food log. There's reasons why experts say when you feel like you need to overeat, ask yourself why. And most times I couldn't even wait that long because I was beelining it for chocolate or fast food. Convenient foods. All things that take no time at all. Eat my feelings. That's what I was about. And then there's points in your life where you look back and you're like, whoa, that's why I did those things. That's why I did things to hurt myself. Whoa, it's, it, there's, there's pain, people. There's pain involved. 
They're called growing pains when you make a different choice and then you get used to something different, something better for yourself. I will continue to document my life, my relationships, where they were, how far they've come, new projects, things I want to do. But getting people out of diet culture one at a time. Diet culture survives because of our money. We have convinced ourselves diet culture is necessary so I can be okay. They're a problem. We never needed them. We believed that we did. I don't need diet culture. I don't ever want to be part of diet culture again. And like I said, one at a time. One dollar at a time. One moment at a time. One decision at a time. One video at a time. One realization at a time. One epiphany at a time. One jumping jack at a time. One push-up at a time. One meal at a time. One choice at a time. That's where I'm at. 